And welcome back to another exciting episode of the Petrichor Project. With you always is your host, Betty Betty Beachy, and his co-host, Christopher Coons. Hello, Ben. Thank you so much for the introduction. How are you doing today? All right. <laughs> that about sums up how Ben is doing most every day that I've known him for, uh, what, going on 15 plus years now? Uh, I don't... Yeah. Yeah, maybe something around X. Well, yeah, yeah. We've known each other since sixth grade. We've uh, became friends in eighth grade. So yeah, we're uh, we're past the fifteen year mark now, buddy. And his answer to how he's doing is basically how he's been that whole time. Uh, so listeners, you're uh, you experience it just like I do. Uh, to be fair, I think you got more of a response <laughs> that time than you did the first time you asked me. That that is definitely true we will hold that uh maybe that will get people coming back to a later episode we'll hold that fun story for later um so today i'm not sure what's what's fun about this story which 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 story the first time that you asked me how i was doing because i don't even know when no that was. that one i don't actually know i i figured we were both thinking of the same story though ah uh, yes nope. the introduction a knowing glance has been shared uh, for everyone listening <laughs> Now you're making it sound creepy. I did creepy. not mean to make it sound creepy. I am I am disturbed. Oh, wonderful. And not the band. Ooh, all right. Uh, so we will just leave it at that. And uh, maybe if you keep tuning in to episodes, one day you will get to find out the story we are talking about. Today, though, we are going to be doing a broad overview of fatigue and recovery as both of those pertain to training goals. So it can be really easy when you're beginning to be more active to get really excited, want to do everything as often as possible, thinking that that's going to give you results the fastest. And it's definitely great to get started. However, slow and steady for the long run, like for the rest of your life, as long as you can be active, is definitely better overall than going as fast and hard as you possibly can in whatever training modalities you take up uh, for a few weeks before a buildup of fatigue starts to play its role. And for today's episode, before we venture any further into discussing fatigue and recovery, uh, I just want to make it clear that Ben and I are not medical professionals. Any and all information and advice discussed in the PetraCore Project podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only and should be applied at your own risk. Uh, we try to do our due diligence and you know talk about things that we know and that we are you know can share intelligently with you guys, but we aren't. We aren't doctors. We're not medical professionals. Uh, a lot of times we learn in real time and we you know, are discussing things. And so just take everything that we're saying with that caveat as we go forward in today's episode. So what is fatigue? That's the question that we're going to start with today. Fatigue is a buildup of stress resulting in a reduction in potential maximal voluntary muscle force production, as well as a general feeling of overall tiredness. Over time, acute fatigue may become chronic and lead to various injuries and or sickness if it's left unaddressed and not managed within your training program. That can start with some body aches and pain, mental exhaustion. If you continue to not do anything about that fatigue and just keep training through that fatigue uh, without dissipating any of it, there is a chance that... Uh, that, that acute fatigue that becomes chronic could even lead to joint injuries such as tend tendonitis, 
Uh, it could make you more susceptible to communicable diseases because it may lower your immune response if you get really, really over fatigued. Um, it could lead to some overuse injury. It just kind of can have, a, you, you could go a long time with chronic fatigue and never have any, you know, real noticeable repercussions. Uh, there are definitely things though that it can lead to if left untreated. And, and one of the things that it can definitely lead to is decreased uh, performance in the gym, on the track, whatever you are training for. That's fatigue. And that is what can, what basically builds up in your body as you train, whether that's lifting weights in the gym, running, cycling, whatever your training modality or modalities are, uh, all of them are going to add fatigue to your body. And it is important to do things for recovery for your body in your training so that you don't develop acute, don't so that your acute fatigue does not develop into chronic fatigue and lead to some of those issues that I just touched on. And so what are we talking about uh, when Ben and I are talking about recovery? We are talking about anything that is dissipating that fatigue, that is helping your body manage that fatigue and get rid of some or all of it so that you can keep training hard. I, I think for those of you out here who aren't exactly sure about the definition of fatigue, you know, he went over a technical definition with you. Uh, essentially, it's feeling like crap. And, you know, acute fatigue is going to feel like crap in the short term. Chronic fatigue is going to feel like crap in the long term. So if you've been doing a hard training cycle, and it's now week seven. The point of recovery is to stop accumulating fatigue. Uh, it's to stop feeling like crap. It's to get rid of it. And then it's to reset to a point where you know that you are no longer going to feel like crap after it. Um, and, you know, we'll touch a little bit on how you know what to do with that stuff, how to know what to do with that stuff, when to know about uh, what you're feeling is fatigue versus, you know, you had a bad day or something like that in the gym. Um, all that stuff's going to be covered here, but to just make it super easy, fatigue feeling like crap and recovery is making fatigue go away. So making you feel better, essentially. Um, that isn't to be confused with mental stuff because that's mental fatigue. I'm sure you've heard that phrase a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, this isn't a discussion of, of how to eliminate that stuff. Um, so here at the PetroCore Project, our preferred method of dissipating fatigue during the training cycle is going to be what we call a deload. Um, as far as people who are doing resistance training uh, in the gym, essentially what that's going to mean is you're going to do whatever cycle you've been doing and that meaning a cycle of training and eventually you're going to come to a week which is going to be uh less intense than all the weeks before it so you know maybe when does that occur so uh, as we discussed in a training block episode you know uh it's going to be somewhere between i don't know six weeks in a training block roughly um, can be four to six weeks in a training block, maybe something around there. Um, one of the reasons why they're structured like that is they're structured around a stress recovery adaptation curve and not just in the short term, but in the long term. And so 
anywhere between three to five weeks of that four to six week cycle is going to be actual physical hard training. And one week of that is going to be a deload. And it, when you're doing a deload, uh, you're going to significantly drop either your volume, your intensity, or your frequency, if not all of those things at once. Um, essentially, it's going to reset you back to your first week with half the volume intensity um, that you had during that first week. And, you know, that's uh, for anybody who's been training for a while, um, that's going to be a significant drop in bar load. That's going to be a significant drop in reps and sets. And that's going to feel stupid, and you're going to wonder why you're doing it um, if you haven't done it before and you see it programmed. But for those of you who have done hard training, you understand why you need it. And, you know, I, we touched a little bit, Chris did, on, you know, what that fatigue is actually going to be able to do to you. Um, and I'll get a little bit more in-depth into that in a little bit. But it doesn't only apply to people who are doing resistance training in the gym. It's going to apply to uh, pretty much any physical modality. Um, so if you're doing cardio training, um, it also applies. You know, maybe instead of cutting the, the load on the bar, unless you're running with a barbell, in which case I don't know what you're doing. Um, it's kind of cool, though. Maybe you're throwing it like a javelin at the end. I, that's it's kind of scary. If you, if you get really good at that, I, I, I don't know if I want to be around you when you're running. You might kill me. But <laughs> uh, if you're doing running, uh, essentially what you're going to do, you're going to cut, again, the volume, the intensity, and the frequency. So what that's going to mean for you is you cut your miles down, uh, you cut how fast you're doing it, um, and you're probably going to cut the frequency of it down, uh, maybe if you're doing five days a week, maybe cut it to two days a week. Um, and by a week, I mean one week in an XYZ length cycle. So it applies for anybody who's doing any physical activity, not just uh, barbell training as well, or uh, any resistance training um, of any sort. All right, so, you know, uh, let's get into a little bit about when you should be doing this. And, you know, I touched on the, you know, last week of a, of a block cycle. Um, and it's, it's better to have deloads built into a program, but for the things I'm going to discuss right now, uh, it might be better to deload if you're feeling these things. So maybe a big one's going to be a lack of motivation to do the activity that you have been doing. And I'm not talking like a regular lack of motivation as in, you know, you get into a, uh, too much of your head and you don't feel like doing it. Or, you know, maybe you're not in over your head and you just don't feel like going to the gym because you're tired of going to the gym and it's boring. And that's a different lack of motivation. I'm talking about. So if you're feeling like you like training for whatever it is that you're, you're doing and uh, you suddenly or, you know, start to gradually feel throughout your program or throughout the weeks that you've been doing this program that you're getting more lack of motivation and you typically like training and you're finding that you don't like this training at all, uh, maybe you need to deload. And then maybe after that deload, you need to transition to a different program. Maybe it's because of the exercise selection. Maybe it's because of the intensity of the program. And that's something that uh, is you're going to have to decide for yourself after you deload. That can help a lot with motivation. 
if it's because of fatigue um, and you'll feel a whole lot better and be able to make uh, better choices about what you need to be doing. Um, and then maybe if you had a deload uh, planned at week six and it's now week five when you did your deload, maybe you need to be on a four week cycle for a uh, training and then a one week for a deload. Um, and there's gonna be uh, interperson variability between when you actually need a deload cycle. Um, and that's going to be more frequent that you need to deload the more advanced that you are. Yeah, so basically what Ben is saying here, uh, what, what he's been talking about for the last few minutes is that essentially you want to have your deload built into your program. So maybe you have a six-week program like Ben talked about. Uh, the first five weeks, you are gradually ramp ramping up volume, intensity, and possibly even your, your training frequency, uh, the days that you're training. And that sixth week is a scheduled deload. However, if you are feeling a huge lack of the normal motivation that you have for your training in week three, four, um, maybe you actually need to take that deload sooner and adjust what your training blocks look like going forward, especially if this is the first time that you have done a dedicated training block. You know, maybe you're six, seven, eight week, eight months into um dedicated, you know, exercising in in a specific modality. And this is actually your first training block and you set it up for six weeks. Maybe six weeks was too long. Uh, for, you know, maybe those five weeks before the six week, the sixth week deload was too long um, for you at this point in time. And that's, you know, something that trial and error will teach you. Um, a lack of sleep. And if you're especially irritable can be another sign that maybe it's time for a deload in your training if you are plateauing, so you're no longer making progress towards the training goal that you are working towards. So if that's, uh, you know, building weight, adding weight to the bar for your back squat, and you have made solid progress for, you know, three weeks, and now week four and week five, you haven't made any continued progress, maybe time for a deload to dissipate some of that fatigue um, before going further. A lack of appetite can be another sign that you should deload maybe sooner than you had planned. So if normally, you know, you're hungry breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and, and you know, you've been eating the same kinds of things, and especially if you've gotten yourself to the point where you've been training um, well for quite a long time, and you have, have your diet and your eating choices pretty well honed in, so you have a pretty good idea of what your appetite is. Uh, and you eat, you know, similar things from day to day or week to week, and there's a huge shift in your appetite for not just a day or two, but, you know, for a week or more, uh, that could be a sign that you are building up, you know, an overload of fatigue. Um, another thing that kind of goes along with plateauing is just a overall decrease in your physical ability. So that could be lower than normal for whatever normal is for you, because that's, you know, going to be highly variable um, person to person. But if you have lower than normal for you, strength, speed, and or power over a few sessions, um, you may have a buildup of fatigue and need to do a deload sooner than you were planning. Uh, and just to go a little bit further into that one bad training day 
doesn't mean that you should like, ah, oh no, I, I have too much fatigue. I, I, I need to, to deload. Uh, bad training days happen. You know, maybe you always train over lunch and you eat breakfast. And today you were running late because you forgot to set your alarm and you didn't eat breakfast. Uh, and so you had a bad training session. Like that doesn't mean that, oh no, you're, you're over fatigued and you, you need to, to deload immediately. You just had a, you know, giant change to your routine because of like normal daily life. But if your, you know, physical ability is lower for a couple of sessions, you know, over a week or two, then that's a different story. Um, another reason to deload is if you are transitioning between training blocks. So as Ben touched on uh, a few minutes ago again, and then then I, I kind of touched on really briefly, a training block is normally going to be somewhere between like four and six weeks. And then that last week of your training block is almost always going to be uh, some type of structured deload if, if you are setting up, you know, your, your training blocks and your programming appropriately. So that way you can do your deload and get ready for whatever the next training block is uh, that you're going to be working towards. And then as Ben certainly touched on and the whole reason for dissipating the fatigue and for fatigue management and recovery that we're talking about in this whole episode is to build your performance towards whatever training goals you're working on. Because if your goal is continual physical performance improvement, uh, because otherwise that fatigue and stress is just going to keep building up and, and change from acute to chronic over time, and you are going to hit a very stiff brick wall in whatever training modality you are using if you don't incorporate deloads, uh, almost certainly. And that is going to hinder any continued performance that you could make uh, if you end up having an injury like we talked about earlier in the episode, if that's what ends up happening, it could derail your training for weeks, if not months. Um, and again, if you're not training, you're certainly not going to make progress on your training goals. Again, it's better to have your deloads built into your program, but those are some things that you may want to look out for um, in just day-to-day -day life as to why you might want to deload sooner than you were originally planning to. And the overall point of any kind of recovery modality are again preferred is uh, deload weeks is so that you can keep making progress over the long term in your goals and keep uh, improving your performance towards whatever you know goals you're working towards. Something else that you may do if you have something specific that you are training for, you may overtrain and, and really take yourself to like the red line as it were uh, for a day of training or for a week of training uh, so that you can over recover the following week and actually bring your fatigue back to under, but not just baseline, but below baseline uh, to have a really ro robust kind of comeback effect. Uh, that is a different kind of training technique that we're not going to go into further here, but just know that that is something uh, that can also be done. So talk a lot about deloading and the importance of that and why that is our preferred method of recovery and fatigue management. Other than deloading, there are also some other types of recovery uh, that I'm sure everybody listening has at least heard, you know, a couple of them talked about from time to time, foam rolling, a stretching session, uh, using 
a lacrosse ball or some kind of, you know, r- rolling out on a ball, a sauna, an ice bath, a massage, um, like self-use percussion massage uh, tools that are, you know, battery powered. Um, a lot of those different types of recovery outside of structured deloads in your training programming are really mainly to help you feel better in the moment and for a short time afterward, you know, maybe for an hour or for a day or two, you feel better after a massage, you know, subjectively. Uh, They don't really do a lot to aid in total fatigue management as a whole, though. They don't really help to dissipate the actual fatigue that your body is feeling. Some of them are a little bit more helpful in that domain than others, and, and maybe some people are super responders to a certain type of uh, alternative recovery modality. And and those things may actually help dissipate their fatigue a little bit more than most. Um, But for the most part, a lot of those other recovery modalities, they feel, they can feel great. You know, if you can afford them, if you're going to get a massage and you can afford to get a massage and your masseuse is not trying to convince you that you, you know, need a massage every week or every month, so that your body doesn't fall apart or so that you can keep training in whatever way that you're training, then a massage can feel awesome. It can make you, you know, it can be a great way to end a day and, you know, end the week, be relaxing. Um, just, just know that a lot of those different modalities are more for making you feel good in the, in the moment than for actually dissipating uh, that fatigue over a longer period of time. Something else that some people may recommend from time to time is taking a week off of training instead of deloading, just completely uh, not going to the gym, not going to the track, not getting on your bike, whatever you know your training modality or modalities are, just totally taking a week off. Uh, we don't recommend that in almost any situation unless you have a uh, larger injury that is really preventing you um, from doing some kind of training. Because as we've talked about in previous episodes, it's usually better to do something than nothing. You may uh, experience, you know, a setback where you go from being able to lift hundreds of pounds to using an empty PVC pipe or, you know, an empty barbell. uh, But it's still typically better to be doing something in many scenarios than doing nothing at all. Uh, Some other reasons why taking an entire week off of training just to deal with your fatigue is probably not the best idea is that can be way too big of a decrease in your training volume intensity and or and and also frequency uh, because you're going from doing, you know, from whatever you've built up to to doing absolutely nothing and then it can be really hard to, to know what your next training block should look like because you actually build up all of this, you know, volume intensity and fatigue and then went basically back to square one of zero. Not that you lost all of your strength gains or speed gains or, you know, not, not that way of going back to square one, just going back to taking a whole week off of the gym. And also if you've built good habits, so if you're, running five days a week or your resistance training four days, whatever your training is, if you have taken the time and spent the, you know, resources to build that into a habit, totally stopping that can really lead to the bad habit of not 
exercising or being active at all when it can actually then be really hard to do anything the week after the week that you took off. And so even if you go to the track and you just walk, if, if, you're, if your deload was actually supposed to be running, you know, two or three miles at a certain pace, because that was a big transition from what you had done, you know, the week before, and you're just not even feeling up to doing that, at least go to the track and walk for the time that you would have been running, because at least now you've kept that habit of still going and being active. And it's going to be way easier to come back to training in a more difficult manner, uh, in a more strenuous manner, you know, after that week. So how to know if you're working hard enough to actually warrant a deload, uh, that can be kind of a, a tricky nuanced question as so many of the things that we talk about on the show are if you are new to training new to exercise new to working out uh, you're three to six months into whatever training modality you're undertaking you almost certainly don't need a deload I mean maybe if you're if if you have just gone uh, way too hard too quickly like I touched on for just a brief moment at the start of the episode. If, if you're, um, you know, at the start of the year, you decided, ah, I've been really inactive uh, for the whole past year and I was super inactive over the holidays. I'm going to go to the gym every day of the year. And you've done that for 30 or 40 days. Uh, okay, maybe now you do need to deload because you have gone way too hard, way too quickly. And you're, you know, at risk of um, maybe really letting that fatigue build up because you didn't have enough of a base to, to do all of that so quickly. Uh, for the most part, though, the normal average person who is training for three to six months, uh, you know, if you're training two, three, four days a week for your first three or six months of, of dedicated exercise uh, or dedicated exercise after an extended break, like so more than a year off of being physically active regularly, you probably don't need a deload. Uh, after that, you, if you are going to be training for specific things, so building muscle, building strength, competing in a specific, you know, in a powerlifting competition, getting ready for a 5k where you actually care about the time that you want to run and you want to improve the time and, and run the, the best 5k that you've run so far, or your first marathon um, that you're, that you signed up for, that you are going to train for. So once you start having specific training goals where your training is going to have to get more intense to accomplish them, you are most likely going to want to start to add deloads into your training blocks and into your programming uh, so that you can keep making progress and so that you don't build up too much fatigue. Again, there's a lot of nuance there to when to know uh, exactly when you need that first deload, but that's kind of some of the the ins and outs. If you are in your first three to six months of being physically active, probably not. If you just continue being physically active and health is your main driver, just having an in, increased uh, level of, of health and wellness and, and kind of overall well-being. So maybe your resistance training moderately at the gym, one to two hours, uh, two days a week, and going for some brisk walks or one moderate jog per week, uh, things like that where you're just trying to improve your health and wellness, you're probably not going to need any deloads. You're not building up 
enough fatigue and less life gets stressful enough, uh, you know, to throw some curveballs in there, but that you're probably not going to need to build in deloads. Uh, but once you want to be training for specific physical pursuits, then you're going to want to have deload weeks in your programming and training blocks. Telling you, we, we need to make that a game. Physical pursuit. <laughs> that could, be, I mean, that, that is a good game. Like, you just have to do different things each week. I mean, that wouldn't go very well. You you, you draw, no, no, it's, it's a board game. You have to draw a card and do the physical pursuit. Well, yeah, that's kind of what I, like, I figured that you, that you meant. It wouldn't be great for, like, actually working towards specific training goals, but it would be great for just, like. Be like CrossFit. Yeah, and I mean, that, but, like, that would be a way better game, <laughs> game night than, like, just sitting around stuffing yourself with like pizza and wings and playing a board. I don't, I don't know. I, one, <laughs> one sounds much more fun than the other. Now, now there's food at the other, this one doesn't have food. I but, mean, come but, on. Yeah. But better in the eyes of, of who exactly better for your health, maybe not more fun. And I mean, then we could, I, I didn't know. Does my health have eyes? Do the hills have eyes? Well, and we could get into all of the nuance of like that one night of fun with your friends could be more beneficial to your overall health than doing some random physical activity for 30 minutes for one, you know, specific session could have been anyhow, but that's a conversation for another time. But is that enough to negate the pizza? <laughs> and wait. Not calorie wise, almost certainly not, unless we were making, <laughs> I don't know. That's a good, that's a good question. Does hanging out with your friends give enough of a mood boost to negate some calories? And if so, how many? That 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 is a really interesting question. Um, one, look for that. Look for that study to come out in the next year. Uh, I, th I think Please yeah. I, th I think that that would be so person dependent. <laughs> it's really interesting because yes, you are definitely. Well, I, you know everything's person dependent, right? So that I'm sure there's some range. Sure. That we could with have with have with some you know confidence interval. Yeah, right? and and just to give to give people uh, like the inside scoop of what we're kind of thinking about in real time here is you are getting some small negative health uh, interaction almost certainly from eating greasy, calorically dense, nutritiously not dense foods such as, you know, pizza and fried chicken wings. You are also getting a definite health boost uh, from socializing and your social connection with friends. And so, yes, it would be interesting, like, how how good of a time would you have to have with your friends and how bad of the food would have to be for it to basically be equal and then like if you do more of one or the other can you actually you know have a better health night or a worse health night so yeah that's actually really interesting um and a kind of a fun thing to think about uh because they're they're we definitely don't know it i highly doubt anyone knows anything close to it at this uh particular day maybe someday uh, but there is probably an answer there that that like one of those things would that they would equal each other out or cancel each other out at some point. I, I actually think the answer is of of slices of pizza you can have forty two. That's a lot of pizza. The answer is forty two. <laughs> that, that is from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, not the Hitchhiker's Guide to Movement Patterns. <laughs> Uh, I didn't say how big this. That is true. Were. They could be like mini marshmallow sized slices, like really tiny. Would that even be considered a slice? <laughs> okay, this 
Or would that be like this is way out of the purview? Like what? What? No, not even going there. Not no. So (laughs) fatigue management, or what we have been calling recovery, uh, is important to actually achieving most any type of more advanced training goals. Uh, As we discussed in this episode, our preferred method of recovery is properly planning deloading uh, weeks throughout your training. Uh, deloading can give your body a chance to dissipate fatigue and kind of reset itself before your next bout of difficult training. Uh, Other types of commonly referred to recovery methods, uh, such as sauna, massage, foam rolling, have their uses in some specific scenarios and can definitely be uh, useful in helping you feel better uh, for brief time periods, you know, for the moment, for the next day or two. However, if your goal is to continue to improve your physical performance over an extended period of time, proper deloading is definitely the training strategy that we would recommend. And as always, please be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and tune in next time to another exciting episode of the Petrocore Project.